if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Our chat today is uh, with Michelle O'Neill. Now, Michelle's been on a few times before. I think this is about chat number four for her. But before we get going with Michelle, who's going to talk to us about how groundwork is going to help with rhythm work, which, you know, I just think the more people understand about groundwork, the more they would absolutely agree. And if you don't agree, then have a listen because um, Michelle's got a stack of really good points here. But before I do that, I just want to talk to you about the mission of International Horse College. The mission is to improve the welfare of horses around the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers. Have a look now at the wide variety of equine courses at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, I'll talk to Michelle. Michelle, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good yourself. Oh, look, really well. And great to have you back. You've been through a few problems. You've had um, bushfires first and now COVID, but uh, tell us about the bushfires. Um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit interesting for a while. We we ended up uh, we lost forty percent of the place, and um, but you know we were so lucky in that we lost no major infrastructure and and only a few animals. So we were pretty lucky, and um, we were kind of glad. It, I've never been so glad to see a drought because um, when the fires came through where the stock was, the stock were pretty safe because uh, there was no grass for it to burn. Okay. Okay. Now, Michelle, how many acres are you on? Uh, we've got two and a half thousand acres. Yep, yep. So losing 40% of that's a big chunk, you know? Yeah, yeah we've got uh, about 13 kilometres of fencing to replace. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know you're in Australia when you start talking about kilometres of fencing rather than metres of fencing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, even I had to envisage it the other day. I had to think, well, it's 13 kilometres to, from this place to a town. That was how I could actually get in my head how far we yeah. had to fence. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, now today we're going to talk about groundwork and how it's going to help with the gridding work, okay? Now tell us why you've chosen this subject. In my clinic, Gwyneth, I see a lot of people who come and, and they're having a lot of problems with their horses and quite often their problems are on the saddle or their problems with respect and and the riders get really stumped as to why they're having these problems. And quite often it goes back to the absolute basic interactions with the horses, which are on the ground. Yeah. Um, so groundwork is is that really important thing that lays a foundation. And the other thing is you can use your imagination and, and get a lot done with groundwork in a really safe manner mm-hmm. that will help you with your horse training. Now, for people that just think groundwork's just, you know, about going out and twirling your rope around, tell us a bit more. Yeah, that, that is often a misconception that, <laughs> that they come across. <laughs> it's sort of like, you know, dressage is just circle work. No, there's a bit more to it than that, you know. But, yes, exactly. tell us about twirl, is... rope twirling. Yep. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, and that that is that is just it, you know, we Whilst there was people who, you know, did a lot with groundwork and introduced it to us early on, you know, unfortunately that kind of left us with a test of twirls. Um, but what groundwork actually is, it's everything you do with your horse while your two feet are planted on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, the 
simplest things like walking into the yard or the paddock to catch your horse. That's groundwork. If you walk into a yard and your horse turns his bum to you and sticks his head in the corner of the yard, that's not a horse that wants to work with you or is, is showing respect. So, you know, the boundaries that we lay right at the start, you know, the There's the foundations that we use for the rest of that horse's career. Mm -hmm. Now, if we can stick with those foundations and that basic training, that's going to help us all the way through our horse's career. And and I'm always really amused by people. um, I was actually listening to an interview uh, with my friend Dina Kirkpatrick from the States, and she was talking about people riding their horses from the arena back to the barn. Dina's a bow racer, and she's big on keeping shoulders elevated, and and she was saying, you know, it amuses her that people will ride in the arena and they'll work on shoulder control and keeping their horse's shoulder up and the hip underneath them. And, and then they'll ride them out the gate back to the barn and they'll let the horse drop their shoulder yeah. and, and basically fall down in the front end. Yes. And it's the same. Does your horse know the difference between what is actual work and what is you just not paying attention to what you're doing? The difference if we're with them, if we have a halter or a bridle or whatever on them, that is when we're working with them as far as the horse is concerned. So, you know, how we can expect horses to behave one way when they're in an arena and behave a different way when they're in the yards or going on the float or anything like that, I don't quite understand. So, we need to be really um, consistent with that training. And an absolute classic is anyone out there who has children. And, you know, one day you can't say to your child, okay, um, you can't have lollies before dinner, and the next day let your child have lollies before dinner. And then the third day say you can't have lollies. Yeah. Like the child pretty soon works out that you're, you're not actually being a, a leader mm. um, and, and you're not, you know, laying the ground rules and following through with them, and pretty soon you have some issues. Um you know, float loading. Float loading is float loading is probably the most important groundwork most people do with their horse. And yet how many people have trouble with their float loading? Yep. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know that people are gonna say it takes so much time, I've only got a certain amount of time, but tell us about how better groundwork will mean less time on the ground. Um, yeah, time is Time is that thing, isn't it? Everybody is is short on time, um, except maybe some people at the moment. But mm-hmm. you know, like, like if we can if we can do things well on the ground, that's going to make you know everything much easier for us. So if you do groundwork correctly, if you um, work really consistently with your horse, and if you turn up, that's a term we're hearing a lot more with horse training these days, when you don't just show up to the arena, you actually turn up mentally and physically. Um, If you can do that, then you're going to build a better relationship with your horse. It's a lot about building that connection. And, And I think most horse people understand that, you know, if you have you may have one particular horse that you have a very strong connection with or you may have one horse, just one horse, and you're very connected with that horse. You know, that's a connection that you can build up over time. And, and if you have a horse that you're lacking that connection with or you're getting a new horse or you just want to improve the connection you have, groundwork can that really, really, you know, happen for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you. You know, you're developing your feel. You're 
you're increasing the trust between you and the horse because um, you know you are working on exposing your horse to things that are possibly a little scary to the horse to start with, and you by by doing that you can actually work on improving your feel for how your horse is going to react, um, and therefore when you let your horse know that all of that is okay. That helps you build more trust with your horse. The horse realises that you are actually there for his best interest. Um, one of my big things about, you know, groundwork is, is it so enables you to prepare for the unexpected. Um, you know, we talk about trail riding a lot and obviously here, you know, we're out in the trail quite a lot. And, and, you know, there's so many things out there that can happen that you can't control. Like, for example, we're out today and a wombat ran across in front of us. Um you know, if I know that my horse will check in before he leaves, if I know my horse will give me that moment where he goes, I'm really scared and I don't know what to do, then that enables me to have the time to deal with that. Well, I build that ability in my horses on the ground because I expose them to stuff that they're a little concerned about and therefore... You know, I'm less likely when something goes wrong, I'm less likely to actually hit the ground when I'm under saddle, when they're under saddle, because I actually have that connection with my horse, okay? Um, I, you know, I am no bronc rider, and if anyone has listened to the first interview that I did with you, Glennis, I think yes. I was pretty honest about, you yeah. know, my history yeah. in the horse industry. Um, you know, and, and I breed horses that are, that are bred to to run and, and to work. And, and so, you know, they're a little spooky and they're a little hot sometimes, they're amazing horses, but I can punch above my weight. I can actually ride horses that if you turned up at my place and said, here, get on this horse, I'd look at some of those horses and go, oh, I don't think I really want to get on that. But if I've groundworked those horses and I've built that relationship and that trust with those horses, yeah. I can get on those horses and I know I'm going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm the last one who wants to be dusting my pants off after I've been thrown in the dirt. Yep. Um, and I think groundwork really helps me to avoid that problem. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, for people that do understand the um, benefits of groundwork, you know, once you understand the benefits, you go, oh, right, yeah, you know, who yeah. needs to ride buff jumpers? Yeah. <laughs> I was just <laughs> going to say, right. Michelle, you're so Australian. I thought you were going to say as an example, you know, kangaroo went across the trail, but a wombat, you know. <laughs> yep, we know yep. we know what a wombat and how spooky <laughs> they can be. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. And um, some horses are really don't like the smell of wombat. I've no, I know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, thinking about, and thinking about time again, you know, and I know that, I've found this, but tell us if you think if better groundwork makes it easier under the saddle. No, it, I believe it does, Glennis. I, yeah. I really do. You know, I believe there's so many things that you can teach your horse on the ground that then when you go to teach them under saddle, um, another horse has a basic understanding. And you know what? I don't think that's anything new. I think that that's been going on for centuries with the masters and, and all the rest. Mm-hmm. I think it's just now that we have this, and it was obviously done very differently to the way I do it. But, you know, there, there is so many things we can teach them. And the absolute basic is is, is flexion. Um, you know, the horses giving to pressure. Um, 
You know, I, but when I ride my horses, I, if I pick up on a rein, I want them to flex. You know, if I pick up on a rein, I want them to turn. If, you know, I want them to give to that pressure. And, and I can do all of that on the ground before I ever put a saddle on the back. And I actually have a couple of young horses that I have to start groundworking in preparation to be ridden for the first time the next week. And, and I can, they, they are, they're three-year-olds. And by the time, but they already, even now as three-year-olds, they already know how to give to pressure. They already know all of the voice commands. They know how to move their body parts. Like, essentially, all I need to do is get them in, remind them, and put the saddle on them. Um, and because I've desensitized them to so many things, the saddle isn't even that scary a thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're quite happy to take that. And, you know, I'm... In in my industry, uh, and I know this isn't the case for every event, but in my industry, you know, um, I can use voice commands on my horses. Uh, the voice cues that I use on horses, they're taught before they ever see a saddle. So when you get on and you, the first time you ask them to trot off, if you cluck, they know that means trot. Yep. So there's no kicking and gassing and slogging them with the reins and carrying on. You just and squeeze and off they go because they already understand that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my big thing, and, and I know, you know, lots of people are looking for this, is, is every step in my training, the reason why I do it is because I'm trying to eliminate surprises later on in the program. Um, so, you know, if, if I can teach all this stuff in a really low-stress environment on the ground, that makes it just so much easier when I'm riding them. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about people that, um, you know, that say, oh, no, groundwork, that's just boring, you know, I want to get on and ride. But what would you say, you know, you don't want the horse to be bored, but what would you say to people that think that it's a bit boring? What can you do then to make the training more interesting? Definitely. You can do a lot to make training more interesting. And, and something I probably should have said at the start, Glennis, is, is, you know, for me, groundwork is about making sure that, I can then ride my horses. I'm I'm not a believer in groundworking horses for six years and never getting on them. Sure. But the groundwork that I do, you know, I try to make it interesting for both myself and the horse. You know, as horse trainers, and I believe every single person who, who owns or rides a horse is a horse trainer um, yep. because we all have a responsibility to that horse's education. You know, as horse trainers, we all want to have tools in, in our toolbox. Yeah, and you might get those from watching online videos or going to clinics or, or reading books or listening to podcasts. We put all these tools in our toolbox and, and we want to be able to draw them out you know, on occasions. And every single person, I believe, at some stage in their career probably hits a bit of a rut or, or they hit a, they come across a horse maybe that, that just doesn't fit the mold that they used to. And you know what? You may just need to go and step back and look at things from a different perspective. And, you know, what? groundwork could be that tool to do that. And, you know, if you, if you uh, you know, say you, at the moment, you know, everyone's locked down and so you can't, you know, float your horse out to a trail somewhere and go for a ride and, and you're just a bit bored of doing the exercise, you're doing your exercise on the arena, don't ride your horse wonder. You know, put out some things and, and use your imagination and, and make the groundwork more interesting. Um, you know, I, I know you spoke to Ian Francis, and you know, one of Ian's sayings is a rider's greatest tool is their imagination, and that is so true. I, yep. in, in my arena at the moment, um, I've 
um, you know, I put up some barrels between, I actually put up some barrels about, you know, a metre and a half off a fence. And I was my little three-year-old mare, and, and I was groundworking on one side of the barrel and the other side of the barrel, and, you know, sort of squeezing her through the fence. And, and you know, like, I, and then I've got a bank on, so I'm around, I'll work them up over the bank. And, you know, like, so I'm still doing all the changes of direction and the lunging and, and you know, all that sort of stuff. But I'm doing it somewhere different because in the day I'm going to ride these horses all over the country when they're, you know, up and going. Why not make it a bit different and have a bit of fun with them at home? And a little three-year-old Kelly, you know, lunging him up the bank and, and he was just looking at me going, oh, but it was really, it's just quite a steep bank. And, uh, and then I'd stop him up on the top and, you know, then I'd stop him on the bottom. I might stop him halfway down the bank. And I was actually testing how good my training was with him. And um, we were both having... Well, I was probably having more fun than he was, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he was having fun too. <laughs> That's it. You know, he was like, oh, I've got this hard work. You know, it, it, I just used my imagination and went and had a bit of fun. It was a day where the weather was really bad, you know, particularly, and, and I could, you know, I just did that instead. Yeah, you know, and, and that horse was quite happy in his work. He looked like he was having fun. and You know, he learnt something as a result of that. So... Yeah, that's all that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine maybe one day you could be a guest on horse chats and i'm thinking too you know groundwork sometimes it's just not possible to ride i suppose it's a good alternative isn't it oh definitely you know and you know it's like i say you know the weather you know up here where we live you know you can get windy days it can be snowing um you know maybe Maybe it's just a day where, you know, you get home late from work and you really want to ride your, or ride your horse and, and you know, you just, like, it's getting dark, you know, when it's not daylight saving. or And the other thing, too, is um, there are some days when mentally we just shouldn't ride. There are some days when, you know, we are tired and stressed and it would be much better if we just did not in put our horse under extra pressure by actually getting on his back. You know, and and there's probably, you know, a few people feeling like that recently, you know, with being locked down with, with COVID and stuff, you know, they've been feeling overwhelmed, you know. I've got a six-year-old son and um, he's been home with me a fair bit, obviously, with schools being shut down and stuff. And, you know, there's been days where, you know, I couldn't ride these two three-year-olds that I need to get rode. So I just set up stuff and, and I groundwork them. And, um, you know, I'm still working on their training. I'm working on their responsiveness. I'm working on my relationship with those horses. I'm, 
working on their flexion, you know, so all the things that I need them to be under the saddle, I'm doing that without ever putting a leg over their back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's other times, you know, when my kids were young, you know, just not being able to, to ride and that's just been invaluable, just a bit of groundwork, but, you know, it's probably doing a bit more lunging and that at that stage, yeah, really good. Yeah, um, like, you know, this mm-hmm. much. Um, making sure that both of you, because you said, oh, maybe the horse was, maybe I was having more fun than the horse, but I suppose it makes sure that you're both paying attention because the horse is not going to go out and do it by himself. You've got to be focused oh. on what you're doing and then the horse has <laughs> got to be focused on what they, they're doing. <laughs> that is exactly right. And, and, you know, it's that um, I, have a, I have a little mare here that she gets very distracted, um, very, very distracted actually, and, She's a, she's a five-year-old now, and, and she would just, you know, you'd, you'd go to wrong. She'd be looking down the paddock, and she'd be looking at this, and she'd be, ah. Oh. And it, the easiest way to make sure that you were going to have a good session with that mare would be the ground worker, you yeah. know, it would be to put five minutes in her at the start and just, you know, move her back end, move her front end, you know, lunge her around, getting... And and that little man, she would come back and and she would pay attention and she'd be fantastic and you know and that's you know making sure your horse is just is dialed in. It's a bit like I touched on before, you know. It's it's quite easy for us to be aware when the horse is distracted, but we need to be aware where we're at too. Um, and and I don't think sometimes people consider enough. If they have a day where they go to do groundwork and. Or, so, if, some, if they have a day where they go to ride and they go to ride and, you know, maybe they're not feeling 100%, maybe the horse isn't quite switched on, so then they go and do some groundwork and they still can't get it all together. You know, they might have had a really bad, bad day at work. They might have blue with their boss or, you know, the kids might be driving them mad or, or whatever. And they never actually are 100% switched on. You know, it's a really good day to maybe just do a bit more groundwork and mm. end on a slightly better note than where you started and forget about it. Yeah. Don't be hell-bent on actually getting on that horse because there's every possibility if the horse isn't 100% dialed in or you're not 100% dialed in or you're both distracted, that training session is not going to go well. So I like check in with my horses before I start the training session and I'm observing when I like my two three rows that I groundwork just for a few minutes before I get on them every time at the moment I'm observing them you know from the whole time and I'm observing them from the instant I walk in the yard you know yeah. one day you know they might not face me and I'm like what's wrong with you you know and and <laughs> my little mare that I'm riding at the moment she um she's a little bit hormonal at the moment and she's on and off and you know, so every time I go and catch her, I'm already watching her. So by the time I actually get on that mare, I'm actually already starting to evaluate what exercises are going to benefit her that day. Mm-hmm. And and it's made my training of her a lot easier because she and I are both prepared before we start. Yep, yep. For people that say, look, I want to ride because that's going to increase the softness and responsiveness, what would you say with that? You know, yes, riding correctly. Well, do that, but you can do that on the ground, and, and it's a lot of what you know I've been talking about with my young horses. Yeah, you know, one of the biggest things at my clinics is when I'm um, teaching people how to lunge their horses on the ground, like um, when they're on the ground. I like to hold my lunge rope the same way I would hold my rein, 
because I feel when that rain, when the rope runs through my fingers like a rain would, I'm already developing my timing and feel. I'm making improvements in my own ability mm. just by, if I can practice it on the ground and that horse, you know, and a horse, you know, when a horse goes to pull on the rope, Gwyneth, when you're lunging yep. them? And, and you know how, if you, and you would know, you, you can actually feel that rope start to move before they actually pull their head away. Yes. You know, yes. If you can do that on the ground, yep. how awesome is that when you're, like, if you can do that then under saddle? Mm. So, um, yeah, and, and I like, what I like about being on the ground is it enables you to focus on little things. And, and I was groundworking these two young horses today, and I was just watching, you know, how my mare, when she well, stopped and asked her to change direction, where her hind legs were stopping, and she's a mare who's got a fairly big stop, so she gets right up under herself. And you know, as a trainer and, and someone who loves horses and enjoys watching horses and learning about horses, I like all that stuff mm. because I think that makes me a better trainer. Yep, um, yep. Yeah. You know, and you know, people um, people have different equipment that they use when they're groundworking their horses, and and you know, I use a ho- I use a horsemanship stick um, when I'm lunging my horse on the ground. Just explain that a little bit, you know, for people that don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, basically, it's it's slightly heavier than a dressage, similar similar length, mm-hmm. but a heavy, slightly heavier than a dressage whip. So it's a sort of um, it looks a little bit like more golf club thickness, I get. And and what that does, if you lunge your horse and, and you put that stick up, at, you can actually use it to move your horse's body parts around. You can use it when they're standing still as well, of course. But, but if I'm lunging a horse and I have that stick up, I can actually get that stick to replicate what my inside leg would do by pointing that stick towards where the inside my inside leg would hang. I can ask my horse to bend. Now, you know, for people who are learning about how, how to ride and learning about flexion and things like that, if you can actually see that on the ground and watch how your horse flexes, then get on and try and ride a circle yeah. and feel for what the horse is doing, I think it increases your education and your learning because you're watching it, then you're feeling it, and you can go back and watch it again if you like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, little things like that, you know, just increasing your horse's softness. If I put my stick up and ask my horse's ribcage to move away, well, then when I sit on my horse and put my inside leg on, I can bend his rib cage around my inside leg on a circle. Fantastic. Yeah, it's one of the basic things I ask my horse to do. Just, you know, sometimes it, horses push our boundaries. What happens if, um, you know, how can groundwork help us if we feel like, you know, there's something scary going on? Like we get more worried than the horse. So what can we do there? Yeah. You know, I think um, anyone who's ever ridden a, a cross-country course or a show jumping course, will, you know, half the elements that are put in there, they're not there to scare the horse, they're to scare the rider. Um, yeah, so this is the thing, you know, on the ground, why not expose your horse to, to scary objects? You know, tarps, plastic bags, whatever it may. You know, if you can expose your horse to those objects on the ground, and, 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 and by exposing, I don't just mean like wave it in their face and terrify the poor animal to death. I mean gently, you know, desensitising the horse to these sorts of things and getting him used to them. And then that's going to, again, you're building your confidence. But then when you're actually under saddle, and, and I've had this happen, and I'm sure you have too, you know, I've been at a competition and a plastic bag has blown through the warm-up arena. Yep. Yeah. And, um, if, if you ever come to an event and you see that, you can pretty 
soon tell which horses are quiet and which ones aren't. Um, you know, and, and my horses will go, oh, yeah, okay. I've seen that a thousand times. That means nothing. And, and there's a lot of uh, people have gotten quite into challenges and, and a lot of those challenges are about exposing their horses or the ones down south here. They're exposing your horses to scary objects, you know, things like getting your horse to ride over a mattress and, and stuff like that. If you can expose your horse to all of that on the ground, it's safer for you. It's safer for the horse. Again, I believe it improves your horsemanship because you learn to watch how your horse reacts to these things. And the more you can expose your horse to stuff and not scare your horse beyond the point of no return, the more that horse will respect you as a leader and the more the horse is going to want to work with you. Um, You know, so again, it's about gaining that trust and respect. Now, of course... As I said before, when talking about this, it's really important to remember that we can't just, you know, find something scary and, and, and expect our horse just to walk up to it and, you know, force them to do it. There, there is a way and a technique and a time and a place to do all these things. But, yeah, and I was talking before about that example about, you know, working my mare around the barrels and the fence and, and things. You know, she's a mare that doesn't particularly like confined spaces. Well, She's now at the point where she doesn't bat an eyelid about going between the barrels and the fence because she's done on the ground so many times. Now, at some point in her competition career, I'm probably going to have to ride her somewhere through a three-foot gate. I know now I can do, like, do that, and she's not going to worry about it because we've done all this stuff at home and done it on the ground, and she's happy with it. Now, we talked about, you know, off-ground work. It takes so much time, and, and um, you know, to do that first, and you've still got to put the time in riding, but... Does groundwork, if you think about training horse, particularly a young horse, does groundwork save time? No. I, I, I honestly believe effective groundwork can make your ridden time so much more effective. And I like the way you said effective there, you know, so <laughs> if the people are, are thinking that it doesn't save time, maybe they're just looking at effective groundwork. And and I would agree with that, Glass, and, and I would say that probably the greatest problem with groundwork I see at my clinic. So yes, people, you know, they go, oh, yes, I know groundwork and I can do all this with my horse. But they're not actually doing it in an effective manner. And and essentially all they're doing is they're a bit like the, the bot fly swinging around their horse's legs. Um, they're just tormenting it. Mm. Um, so I, I really think if, if yeah, anyone who, who sort of goes, oh, you know, I've tried that groundwork thing and it didn't work for me, well, chances are it's probably because you didn't do it properly. And I mean that really nicely and with all due respect. Um, but, yeah, it has to be done effectively. And, and I had um, I had a, a big horse here a couple of years ago. And a lovely horse, but not the easiest horse I've ever had to train. Actually, the hardest horse I've ever had to train. He taught me a hell of a lot. And early in his career... If I didn't spend five or ten minutes groundwork in before I got on, and that, whether that was backing up, whether that was getting a flex, whether that was disengaging his hindquarters, whether that was getting around on lunge, whatever, if I didn't spend five or ten minutes doing that, I knew it was going to take me an extra 45 minutes in the ridden session to get his attention. Yeah, okay. And, you know, if you're like me and at that stage, you know, I probably had four, five, six horses to ride, you know, 
I don't. That's time that I could be very well spending doing something else. So, and it doesn't matter if you've only got one horse to ride. You know, I'd rather spend ten minutes of effective time with my horse groundworking him than spend forty-five minutes on his back, pulling on his face, and 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 feeling like I'm getting nowhere because both you and the horse end up disheartened mm-hmm. and disconnected. And so, yeah, you can save yourself so much time and effort for that matter by just yeah, just spending that short amount of time on the ground to start with. And, and like I said, you know, it's like at the start, remembering that, like I talk about groundwork as in when I'm actually training the horse. However, you know, this whole thing starts from when you walk into the yard or the paddock to catch yes, that horse. Yes, yes, I think that's how you start it, you know. Yeah, yeah. When they're at when they're at tight rail, tight four horses at a time to at four horses at a time to my tight rail, and they all stand at right angles to the tight rail. Yep. It's just a it's just a respect thing. They stand. One of them starts spinning because you know they're reasonably close. So if one of them starts spinning around, that upsets everybody else. So we we work on if they spin their hindquarters off into me, I just take them back over. You know, the horses that have been with me for a while, they all stand there. And, and then that equates to they do the same when I tie them to the truck when they go away. Mm. They're happy to stand there with their faces face to the truck all day because they know that that's easier. They know that if they start swinging their back ends around, I'm going to make them work. That, again, is just basic groundwork. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now, you know, I mean, we all want a better relationship with our horse. All of us. That's why we get started. That's how, you know, that's how we get in this industry. We want that relationship. How can groundwork do that? Yeah. And I think you and I have been alluding to this the whole way through. You know, if I could groundwork Warren, my partner, like I can groundwork my horse, <laughs> I'd have a much better relationship going on here. <laughs> he, he's not in earshot, I can say that. <laughs> he um, might listen to this, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in trouble. <laughs> but... You know, this is the thing, you know, this is that, this is how we build that relationship, you know. I, you know, for me, you know, I, I breed my own horses, so I spend years, years of commitment to get a horse to, to actually make it to the competition arena. For anyone who goes out and buys a horse, you know, it's a lot of time and money, particularly money, that, you, that is invested in this animal. You know, when you get them or you, whether you buy them or you breed them or you're given them, whatever, you know, we want to have these animals in our life as a positive experience. Nobody goes out and buys the worst horse that they can find, the most untrained horse they can try, and never tries to fix that, I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe everybody tries to improve their horse's education in some way. Yep. Um, and as just to the best of people's not ability and knowledge. So, you know, if, if groundwork helps us do that, well, that's fantastic. And And this is just you know, like you said, it's the reason why we we are involved with horses is it's the relationship. You know, we don't get involved with horses to throw all our money down the drain and get up at daylight every day and get cold and wet. We get we get involved with horses because we love the horse. So if we love the horse that much, you know, it, it's really important that we try and build that relationship and I know, I know for me and I, and I tell and I think I told the story on the, the first interview I did with you Glennis about the first ever uh, horsemanship clinic I turned up to um, had groundwork component I didn't even know what groundwork was <laughs> I turned up with a flat halter and a four foot yep, yep. 
And um, poor Rob Lawson has nearly died of a heart attack. Um, but, you know, like, so I wouldn't be able to do what I am doing now without having these groundwork skills behind me, you know. And and I think, you know, just being able to spend that time observing my horses, you know, watching their facial reactions and, and, and watching how they change and how they react to things, you know, I think that's helped me as a horse trainer because I think I have a better understanding of the horse. And it's very hard to do that sort of thing when you're on their back and, yes. you know, yes, you're focusing right. where you're sitting and where your hands are. And, you know, yeah. You, and, and the big example um, I use is, is horses licking and chewing. Um, I can hear a horse licking and chewing. Like I can be mm-hmm. sitting on them. I can be at a clinic and, and I can have someone working their horse 15 metres away from me out of my line of sight and they might stop and I'll hear that horse licking and chewing. That's something I learned by working with horses on the ground. And, and for anyone who doesn't know, like licking and chewing is one of your signs of release and it's a really important tool in your horse training. So if I can learn all this stuff without being on their back and, and you know, swinging on their mouth and making them uncomfortable, you know, that has got to build a better relationship with my horse because my horse is going to go, oh, you know what, she actually has, you know, she's working with me. You know, I want to work with my horses. I want to be, yes, I want to be their, their leader and I want them to have confidence and belief in me. You know, I don't want to domineer them, uh, but, but I want them to want to work with me. And and I think I've learned how to watch those horses react to some of the stuff I do a lot more by just watching them on the ground rather than just being focused on, on than riding them all the time. Yes, there's a place to ride them, and yes, you know, you can use all this stuff in your riding program. But um, if if I could... If I could go back in my life and redo part of my horsemanship journey, I would honestly wish that as a child, as kids today can, I wish that as a child I could have learnt groundwork because I would be, you know, 15 years ahead in my horsemanship journey because I would have already learnt all that sort of stuff before I became serious about competition. Yes, you know, the whole confidence thing is... um... It does. People don't want to ride their horse. They want to be there and they want to love it and care for it and everything else, but they don't want to get on. But rather than just taking it out of the paddock and just leading it around, if they learn to do the groundwork, it can certainly help them and and just build the relationship so that one day they can ride. You know, you sort of go back over everything you've talked about and um, I think it's just the best thing. You know, for people that don't want to ride or they've got a horse that's tricky to ride. You know, you can That's get them right. that tricky. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing of even, you know, if if you've done all the groundwork with your horse, yeah, and, and you need to get him on a flight, well getting him on a flight's a lot easier. Yeah. You know? mm, um, mm. loading horses here on flights and trucks for the first time is never a problem because their groundwork is so well established. You know, yeah. if I didn't have that relationship with my horses on the ground already, you know, we could have a problem with all of that. But yeah, you know, that's and then Exactly like you say, you know, people want to spend time with their horses and, and love them and stuff and, and you know, but it, you need to make sure that it's done in a way that, you know, there's still a, there's a boundary there so that when you ask your horse to do something, he's not surprised or upset by that. It's not a sudden shock to the system of, oh, my gosh, this person is actually going to ask me to do something. Yeah. Mm. 
Yes, so not just about people building confidence, but horses building confidence in their people. Definitely, yes, I believe so. Michelle, this has been wonderful. I think that you've convinced a few listeners to, um, you know, to put some groundwork in, to give it a go. There's so many different exercises you can do. Maybe you can come back and talk to us a bit more about the, the types of exercises that people could do with their groundwork. No, that'd be that'd be fantastic. I'll um, I'll think of ten very important groundwork exercises. I'm sure you could think of a million. You know, talking about Ian Francis and and the writer's imagination. Yeah, I'm sure you could think of heaps. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just thinking he was on a couple of weeks ago. So if anyone did want to listen to his um, podcast, you know, just go to horsechats.com, search for Ian. And if you'd like to listen to Michelle's previous podcast, go back, search for Michelle, or search for Neil. And um, you'll find those podcasts. But Michelle, if people would like to contact you now, what's the best way? Um, so we have we have a new website up actually, Glenn. Oh wow! Um, for Cherry yeah. Tree, is it? Is it still yep. Cherry Tree? Yep. So Cherry Tree Equine Yep. Um, so it's still the same website new... name. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Oh wow! Still everything. And there is um, heaps of links on there to um, some demonstrations that I've done with a lot of groundwork and with more below groundwork. And I've been putting up some new um, some new groundwork videos. So yep, so that's all there. And of course we're um, we're on Facebook, and and you can always drop me a line through the either Facebook or um, or the website. Yeah. All right, looks good. I'm just looking at your website now. I'm looking. You've got some lovely photos there. Yeah, really nice photos. Thank you. All right, look, that's great. I hopefully we'll talk to you very soon and get those um, exercises up so people won't be waiting too long or else they can go to your website. So thank you, Michelle. I will uh, hopefully we'll chat to you very soon and thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me, If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 